The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Just about 5.07 on the Central Coast. It is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. We will be away on Monday. It's the Martin Luther King holiday. Uh, we'll invite you to hear some best of Dave. On Friday, Julie Tacker will explain what has happened in Los Osos with this uh, severe mudslide and what caused it. What lessons do we take away from it? And we're bringing back the open line. Last call will be at 5 o'clock on Friday. Uh, still to come on this broadcast during the 6 o'clock hour tonight, we'll feature our interview with Jimmy Paulding, brand new District 4 County Supervisor. Uh, this hour, always good to be in conversation with our man Rich. He divides his time between uh, Morrill Bay and Mexico. He's in Mexico as we speak, enjoying beautiful weather. Rich, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I think my Tommy Naveen here beats the uh, deluge of range, more, uh, rain Morrill Bay received. Yeah. How is it in Mexico? Uh, the last week and the and the next week's basically seventy five degrees, sunny blue skies. That's that's why people come down here in the winter time. The summers are like Bakersfield, temperature wise, but this time of year is beautiful. Yeah, plenty to talk about with Rich. I initially invited him on Monday because we wanted to talk about the border situation, and we certainly want to talk about that. But I would be remiss if we didn't pick Rich's brain about President Biden and the classified documents, because I remember last August, you were on this show, Rich, and you were skeptical of the uh, FBI raid, and you were wondering if this wasn't political, and you wanted to know more. So now here we go. Uh, this is NBC News. Aid to President Biden have discovered at least one additional additional batch of classified documents in a location separate from the Washington office he used after leaving the Obama administration. Since November, after the discovery of documents with classified markings in his former office, Biden aides have been searching for any additional classified materials that might be in other locations he used. What's going on here? Well, and today they announced that a second batch of classified documents were found. Yep. But, you know, and I, I kind of have this somewhat of the same take that I had earlier, that I bet almost every president and vice president, if you really went through their records, have some top-secret documents that left in their paperwork. I, I don't think that Trump, that Trump knew what was in there, top-secret-wise, just like I don't think Biden knows that those documents were there. The difference, I think, in a way, proves my concern over the hoopla over Trump, because you see the difference between how the FBI and how the national media treated this revelation of Biden breaking the law and Trump breaking the law. They tried to say that Trump is now ineligible to run for president because of the Espionage Act. Well, wait a second. Biden now would be ineligible to run, and he's a sitting president. So why is Biden treated with kid gloves 
where Trump, you know, was deemed a Russian asset over it. It just doesn't make sense. In fairness, though, I would point out that the national media has been covering the Biden story, at least the media that I follow, meaning like the Washington Post and Political. I just quoted NBC News. They're not ignoring this story, Rich. Oh, no, absolutely. They're not ignoring it because you really can't ignore it or you'd just be... You're, too much hypocrisy would be exposed, but I think there's definitely a different tone. And obviously, Trump likes to fight with the media. That's his personality. Where Biden come out and said, "We're you know we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to turn over everything." I didn't know it was there. Trump could have said the exact same words because he didn't know it was there when it was taken by his aides that packed the boxes. Just like Biden didn't know. But there's just a different treatment of Trump, who the left still deems as a threat to democracy, where Biden is, yeah, okay, he did what all presidents do. He's got some documents he shouldn't have had. But the FBI, because remember the timing, this was before the midterm elections. Trump was rumored to be announcing his presidency, and that's when all of a sudden these anonymous leaks come out and there's an FBI raid of the Trump compound, I don't think there's going to be an FBI raid of any of Biden's offices. But as is being pointed out already by a listener on the Stolberg line, the difference between Trump and Biden having classified information is that Trump was not cooperating to return the files. Well, says the FBI, which which I believe them like I believe a late night you know, diet pill ad. I just don't believe anything the FBI or the CIA or the establishment says when it comes to Trump. They just have lost their ability to have any credibility on that with me. And not just me. I think there's 70-something million voters who, even though we may not want Trump to run in 2024, we still look at the FBI and just shake our heads and say, boy, what happened to a once-respected organization? Well, now I'm being attacked by a listener on the Stolberg line. Uh, what a revelation, Dave, that other news outlets are, co- are covering it. Uh, naturally, you're leaving out how much, complete, how much coverage compared to Trump. Pretty typical of a liberal way of explaining things. Well, you know, thank you. But uh, number one, I have a bona fide conservative on here. I'm giving him time in prime time to talk about this case. Number two, if you go to any of the national media in the last 24 hours, they've all made it their major story. So the media is covering it. Are they covering it to the same extent as Trump? Uh, let's see where this goes. I'm not, I'm not as convinced. It's on the same level as Trump, but here's my concern, Rich, is because of this, I have to wonder if they're going to be able to prosecute Trump at all. Because if Biden is doing it, what chance do they have to to prosecute Trump? Well, and I think pretty much zero now, because there was talk about an indictment coming any day over this issue. I don't think the FBI and the DOJ, well, the DOJ makes the prosecutorial decisions. I don't think they could legitimately prosecute Trump over this issue now when it's basically proven now by admission that the Biden administration had top-secret documents as well. The law doesn't say and have a stipulation where if you cooperate, the law wasn't broken. In fact, your intent isn't supposed to matter when it comes to national security laws of these secret documents. So 
but here's the here's the reality of it. I, I don't want to see uh, Biden prosecuted for it. I, I don't. I thought it was ridiculous under Trump because, I, like I said, I bet every president left and had these top secret documents or types of them in their possession. I just think it was an issue that got weaponized against Trump, and now that they weaponized it against Trump, the DOJ and the FBI knows that well we got it at least do something about it now, or we would just look too foolish letting it go under Biden. So then what happens? Oh, they're going to investigate it. They're going to get the documents back. Biden will apologize. And this episode of secret documents will end. And most likely, you won't hear much more going forward about Trump having them, because the appearance of impropriety is as, as, as important as an impropriety. And you very well can't prosecute Trump and not prosecute Biden. It just it looks too bad. And, and perhaps maybe that's one reason. These are anonymous sources in the DOJ that leaked this news and forced the Biden administration to comment. I've been looking on a lot of conservative sites that it was conservatives in the DOJ and Justice Department that leaked this information in a way to immunize Trump against being prosecuted. I'm not that big of a conspiracy theorist, but I could see the reasoning for that. Yeah. All right, we got a lot to unpack here. Rich is our guest for the hour. Uh, other topics to pursue as well. Your phone call still to come. I'm Dave Congleton on AM920 FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. We are in conversation with our man, Rich. Uh, sometimes he's in Morro Bay. Sometimes he's in Mexico. He's smart now. He's down in New Mexico. We're just uh, getting Rick's, Rich's uh, perspective on different issues in the news. We will welcome your phone calls after our news at the bottom of the hour. And, Rich, as I mentioned earlier, we reached out to you originally because you're down in Mexico. You have a sense of what's happening down there. As uh, you're well aware, President Biden uh, came to Mexico City, actually made an appearance at the border. So what do you think? Are you, are you, are you impressed now? Well, is this, is this well, issue solved? Well, uh, I think it's a long way from solved, but I think a lot of the truth in the statement was uttered by the president of Mexico, Lopez Obrador, when he said, quote, You, President Biden, you are the first president of the United States in a very long time that has not built not even one meter of wall, and we thank you for that. And I think that, in a way, was meant as a compliment to Biden, but I think it's going to be seen by a lot of Americans who see that the border is out of control as as one of the reasons that it is out of control. The Biden administration is not in is stopped border enforcement. It's just an absolute joke. And most people see it as a crisis that, look, they weren't going to address it before the midterms. They, they feel they got to do something about it going into 24, or the next presidential candidate will, like Trump, use it as a leverage point. But I think it's a long way from being solved. I'm struck by the fact that I'm on CNN, which apparently conservatives don't always accept as a source. 
And here they have a reporter named Zachary Wolf, and the title of his piece is Don't Try to Make Sense of Biden's Border Policy. Well, I think the headache is if politicians would just say what they were for instead of saying one other thing and doing another. Because Trump said, look, I don't want illegal immigration. So he was firm on the border. Biden says, I don't like illegal immigration, but I'm, but I'm securing the border. His press secretary says the border is secure. His Homeland Security office uh, had... Is, has been impeachment articles filed against him in the new Republican House to impeach him over his open border type policies. So the Biden administration can say they're enforcing the law, but look, everyone knows they're not. Everyone knows there's record streams of immigrants coming over the border, and it is a national problem that someone's going to have to address, because more people have come into the United States in Biden's two years than in decades. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable that it's not a national story every day. How many, people, how, how many people have come in, Rich? Uh, about four and a half million people have come in in the two years under Biden. You know, we were talking 44,000 estimated crossings per month in the last year of the Trump administration, and now we're looking at hundreds of thousands, 250, 400,000 crossings. These border states are just massively impacted, and when Biden goes down to the border, they, go, they send advance teams down and clean up the homeless shelters on the streets, so he walks down these nice, clean streets that three days ago were filled with poor migrants, you know, sleeping and living on the street. I mean, I just don't understand why the country can't get serious about this. And what would that look like in your mind? Well, a lot of it, and Obrador made some comments of this early on in the Biden administration, because most of these, the Americans have this image of that it's Mexicans, national screaming across the border. It's most, it's not. It's mostly lower skilled, lower wage, more desperate people from Guatemala, Ecuador, El Salvador, Central America. They're marching through Mexico, causing lots of problems of poverty and crime in Mexico. So Mexico doesn't like this stream. The aura and the reputation of having a secure border keeps these people from coming. You know, they're not going to come if they know they're going to get deported. But if they know, once they make it across the line, they get sent into the interior of the state, of the country, whether on a federal government midnight flight or a Governor Abbott or Governor DeSantis, you know, PR flight to raise attention to the issue. Once they get into the interior, there's zero chances that they're going to be deported. They basically made it in. So what do we do? We're going to have to go back to the Trump-era border type of enforcement where where the verbal words associated with it are that it's closed. You will be deported. We have to have pictures of that happening, that in concert with actually building parts of the wall that need to be built and upping the enforcement. Otherwise, some of these... 
the number of immigrants that have come into the country illegally is larger than many of our small states. It's just, it's kind of unfathomable that no one wants to do anything about it. Um, as part of the new immigration plan announced last week, President Biden said the U.S. would accept up to 30,000 migrants per month from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela into a humanitarian parole program, but then also made clear that Title 42 would be applied in a new way, continuing the policy of turning away more people at the border. The idea is to get people to apply legally from home rather than just show up at the border. You must like that idea, Rich. Well, yes, I like that idea, but the problem is for the last two years, the Biden administration has fought in court to end Title 42. That's what I kind of mean by say one thing and do another. You, you can't argue, have your administration argue to end Title 42, which Title 42 just was an enhanced deportation order due to the, due to the COVID pandemic. So the Trump administration put that in place as a way to more quickly deport illegal immigrants and deny them status as refugees. Well, the Biden administration promised to end that, but the courts have not let let them in that. So now he's kind of acting like, oh, my goodness, we're going to get firm about this Title 42, when everyone south of the border knew there were camps of tens of thousands of people waiting for the day that this Title 42 was going to end so they could stream across and get in. Of course, I, I disagree with the court stopping it. I think we're now doing legislation by the Supreme Court, which I don't like as a conservative, even though this one broke my way. We need to get this issue fixed. So did anything come out of the Mexico summit meeting? Did anything come out of the Mexico summit meeting, Rich? Uh, no, not really. I read all the news about it, and, you know, there was a few agreements that, you know, boosted Mexico. We're going to help. We're going to send them some additional jobs. But it's a kind of the same. And, and when I read the Mexican media portrayal of what happened, they basically kind of compared it to going back to the NAFTA days, where it's the old relationship of we send a lot of our American manufacturing jobs to Mexico. In exchange, Mexico agrees to assist us and try to have a little extra border enforcement. But oh, yeah. Hold that thought, Rich. I've got news coming up and traffic and weather. More of our conversation and your phone calls to come. Stick around. I'm Dave Congleton. Good to be with you on Hometown Radio. I am Dave Congleton, the County Supervisor Jimmy Paulding. Our interview with him begins at 6.05 tonight. Tomorrow, Jeff and Joan Buckingham will be here. Uh, Joan is going to share her recent journey, ongoing journey, as she uh, fights back against cancer. And uh, glad that Jeff is going to be able to join us. Uh, we're also going to have some live music for you from uh, Wally Barnick. Julie Tacker on Friday. Bruce Sanborn, the owner of the Downtown Center Movie Theater, will be with us on Tuesday. We're busy. We're live local hometown radio. Uh, Rich, our man in uh, Mexico and uh, Morro Bay is my guest for the hour. 
picking the brain of a bona fide conservative on some of the big national issues of the day. We have talked a little bit about immigration. We have uh, talked a little bit about the documents. You know, first it was Trump and now it was Biden. Does one cancel the other out or do we not compare the two? If you want in on either topic, feel free to join us. Phone lines are open 805 543 or 800 549-5832. Rich, as we're back with you, obviously there's a lot of focus on the border. If for no other reason, the, the significant increase in the supply of drugs into this country, especially the deadly fentanyl. Yeah, I mean, it's all coming up from the Mexican border from the south through the Mexican mainland side. There's not a lot of activity coming through Baja, you know, what we think of the normal Tijuana border area. It usually comes up from the mainland where the Sinaloa cartel is the big cartel. And last week, the Mexican military arrested the son of a Chapo, El Chapo Guzman, and war basically broke loose in Mazatlan. The military was fighting the drug cartel. The cartel was firing 50 caliber type machine guns. That, those are military weapons. They were firing those at civilian aircraft to try to intimidate the Mexican government into letting that person go. But the Mexican government kind of stood firm and uh, got the situation calmed down. But that level of drug violence, there's a lot of people that worry that those gangs are in the United States already, and they're going to bring that level of violence to the U.S. to protect their drug territory. Let's take a call. we got Paul in San Luis. Hey, Paul. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rich. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey, I'm glad you're on tonight. So, uh, apparently down there in Mexico they don't have enough news so that you could tell the difference between what Biden did and what Trump did. So let me let me help you out. Oh. Okay. Be nice. Be nice. Yeah, well... Well, he seems to be confused, Dave. I, I you know, yeah, help me. they're 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 they're, they're not they're not the same. You know what what Trump did was completely different than what Biden did. How so? Okay, okay. Number one, the National Archives knew just a couple months after Trump left office that he took a bunch of top top secret documents, and they began trying to get those documents back from Trump, and he refused. He kept stonewalling them for over a year. He didn't give the, the documents back. And then uh, it was spring of last year, you know, he finally did give back some, and they didn't think they gave all of it. And so Trump had one of his lawyers sign a document that said that he's given everything back. And his main lawyer, who knew better, refused to sign the document. So they got a little junior lawyer, a woman, who didn't really know any better. She signed that document. So, and that was all at Trump's urging. Hmm. And, and, then, and then when, when they did give back some of that, there's videotape that shows that a lot of the documents were moved from the storage closet that they had at Mar-a-Lago to another one. And so, so the they said, I still think you have some. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't give it up. And so they had to go to a grand jury and get a subpoena to raid his place to get those documents. Right. Uh, hold on, Paul. Go ahead and respond to this, Rich. No, the, the, the problem Paul has is that 
he is assuming that as the president of the United States, Trump doesn't have the statutory authority to declassify those documents, which he does, which was the Trump's administration's argument. I'm not arguing that any of the details because they don't matter. The law doesn't matter. What, because the law states if you have those documents and you're not allowed to have them, you are in violation of the Espionage Act. Trump was in violation of it. Biden was in violation of it. It doesn't matter if you're fighting through the court to protect yourself or not. It's cool. the exact same crime that has been committed. Paul. No, it's not, Rich. It's not the same because that's what the law. It said. was willful on Trump's. On, nope, the on, law Trump's does not. Behalf, it was willful. He was Rich, oh, hang on, Rich. You're talking over me, Rich. Hang on, I Rich. I didn't talk over you, so please go, show go, me the same respect. Go ahead, Paul. Okay. <laughs> it was willful on Trump's part, and you say that he could declassify things. Yes, he can if he goes through the proper channels and has the proper documentation. The government has asked Trump if he has that documentation. He has not pr- produced it. Right. That's, that's incorrect. Oh, then he has. You, no, you say that he incorrect. has produced the all the documentation the that he declassified Paul, everything. Paul, Paul, hang on. Rich is trying to respond no, to you. This is where the left, the hatred for Trump, takes them down these rabbit holes. The, the president of the United States is the final determiner of classification. There is no process to follow, permission to get, and the vice president, which was Biden, has no statutory authority to declassify documents. Therefore, there is no excuse for him having the documents. There is a valid legal do- argument for Trump having them. Uh, no, Rich. He, he, he can't just, you know, that's yes, funny because it's Trump said simple. that he could just think about it really is. De- de- declassifying it, and it happens. That's not true. Right. The, no, and and true. Any, anybody that's listening to us, Rich, right now knows the difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying. Right. Yours is a fantasy. Right. The, the president no, can't listen, just do whatever he logic. wants anytime he wants. Right, here, here. Of the United States, there is no higher authority to go to for classification. All right, let Trump me... could be talking to Putin and decide whatever he wants is declassified. Right. You guys are not going to agree. Paul, I appreciate the exchange. Anything else you would say to Paul Rich before we move on? No, I think the headache with this issue, but I think it's Ill- illustrative of how the media hyped it over Trump and downplays it under Biden. Trump has the authority to declassify. There is no process to go through. He deems it declassified, and it is. Are we gonna... Now, people don't like that, but that's the truth. We, we go to Lance on KVEC. Hi, Lance. Hey, Dave. How you doing hey, tonight? Man. Hey, Rich. Hopefully Mexico is treating you real well down there. You know, I find it interesting, uh, Paul's misogynistic comment about a junior lawyer who's a woman. Uh, went by over everybody's head there. Um, but it's real interesting that he's defending somebody who had something he was not allowed to have. Trump wasn't allowed to have that stuff. Even though the National Archives delivered this stuff to Mar-a-Lago, they knew it was there, and they said, like, like Paul said, hey, we need this stuff back. He's going, no, I think I'll keep it. 
and they're going, no, you need to give it back. So they knew where it was. Trump did not want to give it back. The difference is Biden took it. The National Archives did not deliver those documents to the uh, Penn-Biden Center there. Biden took them. Biden took this second batch, too. He took them. That's the difference. Well, not only did and he have both, them, both he had them to pass. This works best one at a time. Rich, comment on what Lance just said. Yeah, not only did Biden have the documents, he had them at a Chinese-funded think tank where they were having access to by Chinese nationals and the Chinese communist government. I think the documents at Mar-a-Lago were in a little better safekeeping, locked in a basement than in a Chinese think tank. Well, speaking of Chinese, there was the Chinese woman who was found, she was a spy at Mar-a-Lago. I'm not sure you want to make that argument, Rich. No, she was trying to get in, but yeah. she was not allowed in. Yeah. What else, Lance? No, it's just, it, I just find it interesting that you're going to have people on the right that are going to say, hey, Trump's not getting the same deal that, that Biden got, and you got the people like Paul that just want to defend. Biden had stolen those documents. He was not allowed to have them. He, was in, he, he knew that he was not allowed to have them. He stole them. He was in, in possession of stolen property, and nobody wants to, to call him out. Paul's defending him. Paul's allowing him to steal secret documents. And with no repercussions because, oh, Trump was worse. And then you got the people on the right that are screaming, hey, where's our special counsel like Trump had? And where's the FBI raiding all of all of Biden's homes and well, stuff? We don't need to raid him. He gave the documents back. But uh, here's the other question. Why did we just find out now that it's after three months or two months that all of a sudden and then we just found another batch? How many other batches are, are out there? Rich? The, but, but here's the well, point. If Both of them are guilty of stealing classified documents. The way, you know, we can either treat, the, from the conservative side, our big beef is that Republicans and conservatives and Trump in general are not treated the same as anyone else. So we can either treat Biden the same way that Trump is treated, and we need to have the House start articles of impeachment, and let's have an investigation and impeach him for a, for a you know, threat to democracy. Because let's remember, by, uh, Trump was said to have nuclear codes in those documents. And, of course, that wasn't true, but that was a nice pre-election hubbubaloo to, to try to influence the election. Right. But my, my point of this whole thing is that they're both ridiculous. It was, it's ridiculous to go after Trump. And it's ridiculous to go after Biden from this. Now, from the Republican in me, my guy was hurt, so I want to lash out and let's hurt the other side. But when are we going to stop this crazy train? When are we going to say, hey, we let an ex-president have top-secret documents, and I'm not going to lose sleep at night? All right. When, when, does, when does reality come back? Uh, the reality is I need to let Lance go. We thank you for the call, Lance, and I urge our listeners to call in for Rich, 805-543-8830. We're talking about what's happening at the border. We're talking about President Biden and the documents. Bob is in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Bob. Hey, Bob. Hi, Dave. Hi, Rich. Hi, Bob. Rich, you know I'm pretty far left, and I will not hide that. 
I think that there needs to be a full parallel investigation uncovering anything they can uncover in both cases. I want equal application of the laws for both ex-President Trump and current President Biden. I want this done by the Justice Department, and if they want special prosecutor to go in there and do that, that's fine. If the FBI uh, wants to file a search warrant and show up at any Biden property or center and search their records for any other potential uh, top-secret files or classified documents, I think that's fine. I think they should do that. But I don't want anybody thinking that President Biden shouldn't be prosecuted if he's the current president and he did do illegal behavior that was that is prosecutable, just like I don't think former President Trump should be allowed to not be prosecuted either. I want the legal process to take its full course of action in both cases. Rich. No, I I think Bob from San Luis and Rich from Morrill Bay have a historic total agreement on this. Yeah, but except I, um, I'm hearing Bob say that he wants it to f- play out for both. It sounds like you've been saying, Rich, it's a waste of time since everybody's well, doing it. Well, yes, it is a waste of time from that point of view. The nation has so much more important issues in front of it. But if, if, if it's going to be investigated, investigate both, appoint the same special prosecutor to look at not just former presidents, but the handling of top-secret material, period. That's fine with me. But I, I just think both of these issues are kind of a smokescreen distraction. It was a smokescreen used against Trump. The right now loves it because we get to scream how evil Biden is and whataboutism. But in the truth, th- this is a non-issue. It, it really is. If you look at the issues that the country has before it with the economy, with the price of fuel, I mean, we need to focus on on real things. And the media, if this becomes a special prosecutor type of case, this will just go on for years and $50 million. And what do we really get out of it? What else from you, Bob? I I disagree that it's a waste of time. Uh, President Trump, when he was in office, was extremely transactional in every single aspect of his job. Now, you've made the claim that the president has the sole authority to declassify or is the highest authority to declassify documents. Mm -hmm. That's true to a point, especially the point of on January 20th, when he vacated the office, he lost that right. Any document that he had in his possession at that time retained their classification, no matter what he said or thought he said. So he cannot declassify these documents after he leaves office. Right. Now, after the fact, he loses that power. But, of course, there's no way to prove or disprove that he declassified them as he was taking them. But let's also be honest. Trump did not box these documents up. It's his aides, it's his staff that did, just like it's Biden's staff that was responsible for that. I don't hold Biden responsible, just like I don't hold Trump responsible. I try to be realistic. I can't believe how much the two of you are agreeing. 
I, I think there needs to be an investigation into the chain of custody of these documents. Who were the aides that carried these? Did they have clearance to have these documents? And set, this is all stuff that needs to be investigated. And set policy for future administrations. Bob, good to hear from you. If you want in on this conversation with Rich, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. On the Stahlberg line, Rich, um, Texter writes, we need to elect the Attorney General and not have them appointed. That might solve a lot of these problems. What do you think of that idea? Well... Yeah, I mean, you can go back to the Attorney General during Kennedy being his brother. You know, I mean, it's always been a, you know, and then uh, Eric Holder was Obama's wingman that he said in a speech. You know, the Attorney General has been politicized for quite a while. I would like to see it be some other form of job instead of presidential appointment, but that's the system we have. And honestly, if you turn it into an election thing, then it's just another Republican-Democrat type of position where is that really going to solve the problem? I'm not sure. We got a Scott in San Luis. Hey, Scott. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rich. Hey. hey Scott. I'll just change the topic to illegal immigration. Sure. Since, uh, I really fine. don't care about the FBI uh, files here. That's fine. You know, in the last, uh, you know, in the last two years under Biden, the damage is already done. Illegal immigration has gone from, what, 1.3 million under Trump and now it's averaging 2.5 million. So that basically that's 1.2 million a year under Biden. You know, the fact that he went to the border uh, after two years, he only went because he was traveling to Mexico. He wasn't going there directly to visit the Border Patrol. Trump went over there a dozen times under his presidency in the first two years, and he went back to Washington. You see the difference between one presidency and the other. One cares about the borders, and one cares about Eastern European borders. What about that, Rich? Well, I mean, he's right. I mean, you know, the, the Biden administration and the, the Democratic Party in general is looking at the immigrants as future voters. The Republicans look at it as future voters against them. So there's a lot of politics involved in this, and to deny that I think is you know, being a little Pollyannish. But the reality is we can't sustain this level of immigration financially. We can't sustain the drain on our social services that this is putting on us in our schools, our health care, the whole thing. Financially, we just can't afford what's happening. At some point, it's going to have to change. So, Scott, what do we change? What do we do? Well, let's hope the new Congress does something. Um, you know, the vice president's never going to go. Um, you know, with the fentanyl, all that crap, I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to fix it, but I hope that Congress can put their foot down and put a stop to the funding in Europe and put the funding in the United States as far as the border. But listen, the damage is already done. You know, the, I hate to say this, but the Democrats use illegal immigrants for, for politics. And it should not be about politics. It should be about humanity. And I honestly think what was going down there in Texas was a setup. They dressed it up for the president, and then he laughed, and it was like, oh, there is no border problem here. I don't see people on the streets. It was kind of a setup. The other thing is I don't trust the media. They're, they're protecting their president. They endorsed the guy, and we're getting a, a pony show um, until we get a Republican there to get back to the border crisis. But the, the damage is already done. 
And we don't talk about illegal, illegal immigration as much as we did, um, you know, five years ago. We're all talking about it every day on uh, KBC. And now it's it's not your fault, Dave. It's just it's the perception what's more important in America now. Well, there's a uh, lot Ukraine. of stuff that are important. No, there are a lot of things that are important. And, and Scott, I just say that it doesn't have to be Ukraine versus the border. Let's support Ukraine and fix the border. We can do both. Why does it have to be one or the other? Uh, well, you know what? With the spending, the military budget, and then the, what? The, I think it was uh, one point seven trillion dollars. Uh, you know, we're not spending our money in the right places. That could be another you show. Know? All right, Scott, I got to let you go. I got to get this last break in. We'll come back and wrap things up with Rich. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio, and we're very pleased that Rich was able to join us again. Rich, I got about forty five seconds. You want to respond to Scott at all? You want to kind of uh, give us a final thought? Well, I think Scott, you know, was was right on a lot of issues. That the, but the headache is, you know, as he was talking, I was thinking of what is the solution? And the problem with the border is that it's easier to demagogue it than to want to fix it, because you know these are people we're talking about. This isn't some, you know, nebulous trade issue. These are people that need help. The U.S. is always going to stick up and help people. But we have to find a way to do it without just letting an uncontrolled flow of, of poor migrants come across the border that we all know are never going to leave. I think that's the problem. And we all acknowledge it, but no one really has a good, easy solution on either side of the aisle. But we will continue the conversation. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate your time today. Have a good night. All right, off we go. We've got news and traffic and weather. We invite you to stick around and hear our interview with brand-new County Supervisor Jimmy Paulding. That's up next on Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.